Relationships are the threads that weave the fabric of our lives, connecting us to family, friends, romantic partners, and most importantly, ourselves. They are the mirrors through which we see our truest reflection and the crucibles in which we form our deepest bonds. At the heart of it all is purpose. Yes, that guiding force that propels us forward, pushing us to grow, learn, and discover. Purpose isn't just a solitary pursuit. It is intrinsically tied to the people that we share our journey with, our experiences that we accumulate, and the connections that we nurture. I am Akelia Thompson. Welcome to Sold Into Purpose. Hi there, Purpose Seekers. I'm your wonderful host, Akilah Thompson, for the Sold Into Purpose podcast. Guess what? This is part one of the Purpose and Relationship Conversation with the incredible relationship expert and coach, Mrs. Karen Williams. Enjoy! Dear Heavenly Father, we gather in this moment with gratitude for the purpose that guides our lives and the relationships that enrich our journeys. May you bless our connection and help us to grow, learn, and love more deeply as we walk this path. Grant us the wisdom to nurture our purpose and our bonds with care and intention. May we find strength and resilience in the connections that you have blessed us with as we hold those connections very dear to our hearts. These and other unmentioned mercies we ask of you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As always, don't touch that dial. Up next, we are stepping right into the Purpose Zone. Hi there. You're stepping into the Purpose Zone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Akila Thompson. Welcome to the Sold Into Purpose podcast, if you are just joining us. Here in the Purpose Zone, this is a special segment in our podcast where we take five minutes to pause, absorb, and connect with the knowledge that we need to propel us on our path to purpose. Thank you. You've now entered the Purpose Zone. This morning, we are looking on purpose and relationships. In the chapters of our lives, relationships play an integral role. They connect us with our family, friends, partners, and even with ourselves, reflecting our joys, struggles, and aspirations. Simultaneously, purpose acts as our guiding compass, directing our choices and propelling us forward to our true north. The beautiful and intricate dance between purpose and relationships is where we discover our most profound life lessons. Our connections serves as mirrors reflecting our innermost desires while our purpose infuses every interaction with intention. It's within the intersection that we experience personal growth, 
understanding and true transformation. This episode is a deep dive into the significance of purpose and relationships. We'll unravel the intricacies of how they can shape our identity, our choices, and our journey through life. Together, we will explore the synergistic relationship between these two elements, illuminating how they define us, enrich our experiences, and ultimately guiding us to a purposeful existence. So, prepare to be inspired as we navigate the enchanting world of purpose and relationships. Join us on this very enlightening journey where we'll discover the true essence of connections and the path that will help us to lead towards a more fulfilling life. On the Purpose Zone, we usually take five minutes. However, this morning, because of this powerful and rich episode, we are going to assign you to take five minutes after this powerful soul story to reflect, learn, absorb, and take what you need towards living a more purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Stories. Here on Soul Stories, we share with you heartfelt stories from our very special guests. These stories are geared towards helping you live a more purposeful life. Today, we are joined by a woman of unparalleled journey and resilience, Mrs. Karen Williams. Karen's story is a testament to the human spirit's ability to overcome and thrive. And yet, her path wasn't always so smooth. At the tender age of 23 years old, as a single mother, Karen decided to leave an unsafe marriage and subsequently filed for bankruptcy. But like a phoenix, she rose. In 2020, amidst the global pandemic, she gave birth to Coach for Life. That is a transformative platform that is aimed at helping marriages with practical and sound premarital education. Karen's voice and wisdom have been showcased on notable platforms such as Signature Talks Podcast, Real Talk with Nikki Branch, and even the Oprah Rose Show, just to name a few. As a certified professional life coach, Christian life coach, her achievements span across revered institutions such as American Association of Christian Counselors, Victory Bible College, and many more. She is a wonderful author who has been featured in the My Vegas magazine, as well as she has written two very impactful books entitled, One, She Said Yes, Now What? A Practical Workbook and Guide for Engaged Couples, and Take No Thought, a 52 week guided journal for the overthinker. Ladies and gentlemen, with over three decades of marital wisdom, a heart full of stories and passion to change lives, please help me welcome to this wonderful platform, Mrs. Karen Williams. Welcome back to another Soul Story. Today we're talking about purpose and relationship because of course, 
in order for us to fulfill purpose, we need some persons to help us along the way. Our very, very special guest today is Mrs. Karen Williams, but I'll call her Karen for the purpose of this conversation. <laughs> she is a relationship fulfillment expert. More specifically, she helps individuals as well as couples to navigate communication skills, conflict re resolution, as well as many other relationships topics. So we are here today with Karen. Karen, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. Wow, Akila, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Anytime you give me a stage to talk about relationships, there I am. Just, I don't even need a microphone. <laughs> so thank you. Welcome to the Soul Into Purpose podcast. And this is where we help people to navigate different topics with purpose. And I'm sure that persons will learn a lot from the wealth of knowledge that you will share with us here today. So before we get into the juicy topics, and if you're watching this this morning, please share it with somebody because we have some interesting questions that we want to talk with Karen about. <laughs> and that they need to be a part of this discussion. We have relationships, you have questions you need answers to, you can get it right here. So Karen, tell us about yourself. Give us a little bit about your background. You were a part of the Air Force veteran. Tell us about all of that. You're a mom of four, and that is an experience in and of itself. But tell us who is Karen and what is how is Karen and purpose? Tell us all about that. Absolutely. Um, so of course I'll start because this is Erin in Jamaica. So you know I have to give my big shout out to my this my peeps, you know, if, as you know, I'm originally from Jamaica, born in Montego Bay and, you know, actually migrated to the U.S. when I was about 14. I'm 56 now. So, you know, that's a long time ago. Uh, you don't see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's been a while. Um, so fast forward a little bit. Um, yes, I've been married now for 31 years. Um, and it's been a blast. Now, I'll tell you this, we've, you know, both, both of us were married before, so we've learned a lot and there's a wealth of information that we bring to the, you know, of course, to marriage and to the conversation of relationship. Now, I'm sure as we go along later on into our conversation, we'll talk about some of those lessons that we learned. Um, but yeah, as you've mentioned, I am a mom of four. Uh, one of our sons is um, already left this earth. He's already in heaven. I have also four grandbabies, believe it or not. Um, yeah, <laughs> we enjoy the life of, uh, you know, parents to adult children and of course, parent, uh, grandparents to our four, um, four grandkids, three boys and our little princess. <laughs> so yeah, um, I started um, in the coaching space probably about 17 years ago. Um, it's about, um, let me see, 2020. Yeah, so right, I, of course, I can't ever forget when I actually started my practice because I started in the middle of the pandemic. So that was um, July of 2020 when, you know, of course, we all remember how the pandemic affected us, affected relationships and the impact that it made on our lives. So, yeah, I started Coach for Life here in Las Vegas. Um, it's been... It's been an amazing journey to, you know, of course, just watch people's relationships evolve as, you know, we navigate those, those um, challenges, you know, meeting people that, 
you know, they think their relationships are over. They can't, they have no options. They don't know where to go. And just to sit down with them and just remind them of, again, as you're talking about purpose, but just remind them of the purpose of their relationship. Why did they get married in the first place? Why did they come together? Why did they decide to, you know, to merge their lives together? And then, so once you remind them of that, a lot of times they find hope and before you know it, you would literally watching lives transform right before your eyes. And so, yeah, that brings me joy. And of course, I've been, you know, been doing that for a while now. I've written two books. Both are available on Amazon. The first one is uh, Take No Thought. And Take No Thought is just centered around, uh, it's a journal. It's, a, it's actually a guided journal and it's centered around our emotions. Just being able to identify our emotions. And then there's a section of it where it tells you how to surrender those things to God. And of course, surrendering with a scripture reference to help you do just that. You know, and a lot of times we, you know, because we have emotions, we have the, just the tendency of thinking, you know, God doesn't care about our emotions. Well, he gave them to us. <laughs> so, you know, of course we don't make decisions based on them, but we want to be able to identify them, recognize them, and then navigate our, you know, our lives around them as they show up. Um, my second book is actually a workbook for, you know, of course, newlywed couples and engaged couples. And it's called, Take, um, She Said Yes, Now What? And again, it is a, yeah, because what do I do now? Um, so, <laughs> you know, of course, a lot of folks, they, they know about the engagement. They know about planning the wedding. They know about all those things, but they really don't know what it takes to actually build a marriage. And that's where the journey actually starts. So I like to say I provide the tools for them to be able to build or lay the foundation for a healthy marriage on which to build. Um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, well, some kudos, some big kudos stuff. So for those of you that don't know me, about a year ago, I was actually um, selected as one of Las Vegas, Las Vegas's most influential women. Um, yes, actually made the cover of their local magazine. And I've actually been writing a couple of articles for that, um, for that magazine. Again, just to get, um, you know, not just get my name out there as a relationship expert, but also to provide people, you know, some everyday tools from which they can, um, you know, build their relationship and navigate their relationship so far. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Some great projects coming up. And as we go into conversation, I'm sure those will, you know, of course those will uh, be highlighted later. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's my life. <laughs> that is a wonderful journey. And I'm sure- Thank you. Can appreciate your wealth of knowledge. And as you rightfully mentioned, we're talking about relationships so of course we have different emotions that we will experience in that space and our first topic that we wish to highlight is self-discovery and healthy relationships so my question mm. to you is how can self-discovery one understanding your understanding ourselves and the different things that we feel how can this help us to have healthy relationships well that's such a good question because I actually did a conference for um, 
some CEO women that the, that was the audience that I was speaking to. And one of the things we talked about is how to connect well with ourselves so that we can connect well in relationships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't realize how much both of those things are so intertwined, so well connected. Because Akila, as you know, the way I treat myself or the limit that I put on myself is what I'll expect from others. Right. So if I have like zero self-respect or a hundred percent of self-respect and self-esteem, I am going to walk into the room completely different. Right. So of course, um, self-awareness, self-discovery, knowing who you are, your identity, all of that ties in. And the first thing you want to think about is, okay, who am I? Who am I? What am I here for? What is my purpose? And how is this relationship I'm about to enter in? How does that navigate? How does that connect? That's the word I'm looking for. How does that connect with this? Because the relationships that we find ourselves in, if they're not propelling us towards the things that God has called us to, it's about time you say, okay, maybe I'm giving too much energy to that connection. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And we you're talking about we're talking about self and we know that we have societal factors that will impact how we see ourselves. The space or the social media realm in and of itself comes with a lot. How do right. we block out what is unnecessary and filtering the God-centered things but also other positive attributes to help us build a healthy you? See, the thing is, what we have to also realize is social, for one, social media is not real. It's, it's, it's not real. Uh, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. We use it for the purpose that it's there for, you know, to get, um, you know, get our message out, uh, get our voices heard. Um, but a lot of times the things that we share on social media are usually the very best of us. Well, that's not our lives every single day right? Um, there are certain things that are being shared on social media, um, which the only intent is to get a, um, you know, the virability of it or the, the likes and, and, you know, to be, I don't know, to be well known, to be seen, you know? So remembering that some of the connections that we make on social media again they're not they're not so much real i remember um there was a young lady um i think she was in kenya and she had about two million followers well she had a birthday party and no one showed up and so it reminds you and i that hey followers are not necessarily relationships and if you want to even get a little deeper when you think about Jesus and his disciples Jesus had many followers disciples. many thousands as we know thousands and thousands and I'm sure in our day if we should count those numbers it's probably in the millions but with his disciples he had 12 and within that 12 he had three you know, so there's, of course, there's levels of connection that we make. Now, as we utilize social media as the tool that it is, we have to keep in mind that it's just that it's a tool. And so like anything else, we use it for the purpose that it is. There's an old saying, you know, you, uh, eat, the, eat the meat and, and spit out the bones. You know, you take in what is purposeful for you, what is, um, what makes sense to you, what serves the, your purpose, 
you know, I'm sure we're going to be using that word a lot today, you know, but what serves the purpose um, for what God has called you to do and let the rest go. We don't have to get sucked in. There's a limit that I put on myself. I disable my social media apps after one hour of use every day. Those apps are, that's it. You try to reach me on social media after an hour, after my hour is up, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> you know? So again, if it's necessary to put boundaries in place to, to, um, you know, to, to measure or to limit yourself to what's necessary, then by all means do that. Awesome. So we're talking about building up you and mm -hmm. a healthy you. Can you give us at least maybe three to five key characteristics that speaks to someone who is healthy and ready to facilitate a relationship? Um, yeah, there's so much more, but what I think about right away is, um, for starters, we have what's known as, we all have these, these characteristics, um, as we, you know, connect and make connections as children and they're called, um, attachment styles and the attachment style of secure those those are the characteristics that i would share so a healthy person would be healthy in their own skin i'm good i feel fine whether i have makeup on or whether i don't have makeup on and i know i was kidding with donna this morning i said oh my god if you're recording i'm gonna have to wash my face and comb my hair you know? <laughs> I, told, I told her yeah if we're doing a recording i guess i'm gonna have to show up at least looking good for the people but i'm comfortable in my own skin you know, yes, there's always a certain um, level that we want to present when we get into certain space. And of course, I definitely support that. We always want to show up looking our best. But a, a secure person is usually comfortable in their own skin, depending on uh, regardless of where they find them th themselves or the space that they find themselves. Um, a healthy person, they are okay in or out of a relationship doesn't matter if they're with somebody or not with somebody. Okay. Um, and so a lot of times you'll find, um, you know, those healthy, um, persons will have, they're either in a long-term relationship or they got, they just got out of a long-term relationship. You won't find them bouncing from relationship to relationship to relationship and people don't make them. They already know who they are, right? They're comfortable with company, or without company. They're comfortable in a relationship or outside of relationship, you know, because they, they have an understanding that when they show up, they're bringing all of who they are to the, to the room, to the table in the presence of the next person. It's not about what they're going to glean from them. And I'm t I'll tell you this much. I don't think, I think we probably went over five, but I'll tell you this one. This is what I admire most from healthy individuals when I meet them is how much they wanna hear about you. They wanna hear your story. They wanna hear about how you impact, what are you doing and how they can support you. And if we show up in, in romantic relationship as well as professional relationships, that way we will always in a place where we are building each other up. And before you know it, you're finding people are opening doors for you that you didn't even know was available to you. Wow. Yeah. Well, 
is definitely the strength one strength of, of connecting or fostering healthy relationships you mentioned about the different levels of relationships and i just wanted to quickly touch on that we have different persons who will come into our lives at different point in time but how do we put persons in the respective categories because sometimes we take on everybody to be our friend or we foster too many relationships how do we put persons in different categories absolutely um so i liken it two ways um and usually when i teach i use um i use pictures so if you could go to a football game with me and when i say football not a not, not a soccer game but think about a um you know the american football there's different yard lines and so when you think about the the, the football field in and of itself the cheerleaders are on the sidelines cheering the players are on the field you and i are probably in the stands we're not on the field playing. There's a different relationship that's going on with those players than what they have with the cheerleaders and what they have with us in the stand. That's levels. Not everybody can play the game with you. There's some people that's just called just to be your cheerleader. And there's gonna be those in the stands that have all kinds of different things to say. They may cheer you, they may not cheer you, they may like you, they may not like you. It's on the field. <laughs> exactly, you're not on the field. Okay. And also, if you think back to the Old Testament, how the children of Israel, when they built the tabernacle, you remember what the holies of holies were or was, right? Then you have the inner court, then you have the outer court, and then you have everybody else on the outside. Now, remember, only the children of Israel could come certain to certain, um, certain part of the court and then the inner court. And then I remember only, only the descendants of Aaron could enter into the Holy of Holies. That's the priesthood. So when you think about it, and God told us that we, of course, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We cannot allow just everybody to come into our lives and especially drag in the mud on their shoes into your life. And so you and I have to be able to recognize what mud looks like you have to recognize what, um, you know, the things or the characteristics that they're bringing to the relationship and how well that connects with you. And that is why it is so important for you and I to know who we are. That way we can recognize when things don't align with the things God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's know who you are. There are levels to this and I trust that someone is out there taking notes because we have so many gems in this segment alone. <laughs> so the meat of the matter. Wow. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For that is definitely inspiring me and I trust that it will inspire someone who is viewing or listening to us. Mm. We are looking on equality in parenting and relationships because a part of forming who we are, it starts with our initial socialization. And I am an only girl in my household, but I have four brothers. And I will say that there is a huge disparity between how the females are raised and the men are raised, or the boys, I should say. You're a mom of four. How is it you influence your sons or what skills did you teach them in terms of helping them to become good partners as well as good husbands, fathers, whatever that space is when they grow older. Because it's important for us to 
we come into relationships, as I should say, with different thought process. And sometimes it may be a little bit of a disadvantage for a female as opposed to a male based, based on how they were raised and what society dictates. So we want to know how do we navigate that space yourself being in the capacity as a parent and then yourself as a coach when you encounter these challenges with the relationships that are placed in front of you. Oh, wow. That is such a multi-level question. Um, first of all, as, as a parent, um, you know, as I mentioned in, in the, the first segment, you know, remember I, I was born and raised in Jamaica. So that is a completely different way of raising kids than we do here in America. Right. So that, that was already, a um, you know, there was something new there that I had to, you know, figure out and, uh, somewhat dance around, I guess I should say. Um, so the, I guess the cool thing is I had four boys, so I didn't have, I didn't have a daughter in the midst of all of that to kind of figure out how, you know, how she would, um, you know, how she needed to navigate the world or navigate her, her, um, you know, her encounters with the opposite sex. Um, but what I'll say is, um, having, having, um, having boys it, or in, in my case now they're men, you get the chance to teach them how to be gentlemen, you know, how you want, um, how you hope that they would treat somebody else that they meet and, you know, keeping in mind, Hey, you don't treat your mom that way. So don't treat any other young woman that way. Okay. Um, so my, my sons and I, we, we have, we, one of them, uh, especially the, uh, more, more often the youngest one, he'll ask me more questions about relationship. And I kind of think just because he, he was at home the longest. So it's probably why our attachment is, is the way it is. Um, but a lot of times it's more watching. They watch what their dad and I do more so than what we say and what we tell them okay moment Karen say that again mm -hmm. I think someone needs to hear that say that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you think about it uh, children are always watching they're always learning more so from the things that we do versus the things that we're saying and the thing is um here's how sure I am of that because we we kind of always knew that However, now that my children are adults and they tell me, hey, mom, you know, when I see dad do X, Y, and Z, it makes sense. I get it. You know, I understand. You know, I remember last year we went on vacation together as a family and my son took a picture of my husband and I sitting on the beach. And later on, he said, mom, I want somebody that can look at <laughs> can look at me the way you look at dad. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Cause it, again, we often don't think our children are watching, but they are, you know, even, you know, how we touch each other, how we talk to each other. One of the challenges that he said he faced as an adult though, is mom, I never saw you guys fight. So when I had arguments and fights, I really didn't know how to navigate that. And of course, you know, we were growing up or as I said, I, I grew up 
in the era where you don't fight in front of the kids, you take your business off to the side and you discuss it. And that was always um, how we navigated, you know, um, conflict. And so that would be one thing that if, if, you know, of course, if we could go back and change things, would be, would be what I change. Explain to them a little bit more about what real life situations look like, how we navigate conflict, how we argue and argue well, you know, how we disagree well, you know, disagreeing respectfully, you know, that type of thing. And that's with any relationship that they find themselves in, whether it's romantic or professional uh, relationships or just, you know, platonic friendships, you know, they're always going to be conflict. There's nothing wrong with having conflict. It's just how you navigate that conflict and how you keep that level of respect all the way through. Agree. Yeah. Most parents, they believe that the responsibility lies with only having the child or the children, but mm. earning aspect, they leave it up to society or to the teachers in the schools to help them navigate certain challenges. And we need to do better. Well, here, speaking from my society, yeah. global level, um, taking more responsibility and accountability in how we help to mold the younger ones because this is where we have the problems now in the relationships because persons grow up with the wrong ideologies and then it's harder we end up with yourself as a coach or other coach (laughs) exactly so yes and you know and i'll say i'll add this to that um that is part of the the danger in you know when you're talking about two people coming together and trying to merge their life because if you want to uh, narrow it down to a nutshell there's half of this world were raised to thrive and half of us were raised to survive mm-hmm. and so when survivors and thrivers come together you know one of us is coming from a a, a um, a lack or a scarcity mindset while the other one is like, yo, I was, I was raised where I can do anything. I was raised with, with surplus. I was raised that I can be anybody. I I can be whatever it is that I want to be while the, the survivor may have been raised. Hey, keep life simple. Get you, get your good job with the benefits. And that's the extent of life. And we have those two trying to come together, not realizing that both of you will have to make some major adjustments to meet somewhere in the middle. Absolutely, absolutely. And just quickly, if you will, do you think that there's anything we could add more from either society, societal perspective or educational standpoint in helping persons navigate this arena, parenting, developing oneself? Is there anything that we can do or that you would recommend? Um. I always say in everything that we're doing, you know, of course we start out with parenting. There has to be somebody around you that's doing it right. Mm -hmm. There's somebody around you that's doing it right. Sit under their, you know, their tutelage, sit on the, you know, find out what they're doing, ask questions. Nowadays, that smartphone in your hand is not just to get online. You can actually learn some things from, from that smartphone, you know, um, you know, I, I love mentoring and I love to be mentored because guess what? You don't know everything. And so there's somebody that has gone ahead of you, done those very same things, and you can learn from them. You know, you can learn from them. And so there's no there's no um, cookie cut answer or um, 
you know, molded answer that will fit every single household because you have the household with the two parents. You have the two parents that may not be married. You have the two parents that may be married. You have the two parents of same sex. You have the two parents of maybe there's grandma living in the home. And so all of our homes are, it's so different. The dynamic is so different. So there's not going to be one particular answer that, you know, that fits everybody. You know what I mean? However, um, when it comes to mentoring, like I said, there's always somebody that has gone ahead of you that's done the work already that can help you bring you along. And so, and even so those of us that know some things or understand some things, let's reach back and pull those people with us. Let's um, invite them to the stage. Let's share information. I, yes, I have a company and I have a company that that's doing well, but I still volunteer and I still give away free coaching, you know, to people in my community. Why? Because if they can't, if they can't afford my fees, does that mean that they don't get the information that they need in order to live their life? Well, no, you know, there's some people that may not be able to do that. So I'm always available to do, um, what we call here, uh, pro bono work, you know, to help people along in their, um, in their journey and, you know, in their, basically if they don't have the resources to get the things that they want or need. And that is a great initiative because we all need help and mentorship. But I want to play devil's advocate for a, for a minute. What if I take the stance having that scarcity mindset and I say, well, we know the gem, no man is an island, no man stands alone. But if I take the position to say, God and myself, we're the majority. What would you say to someone who is taking that stance? <laughs> Well, first of all, I'll tell you, God don't even agree with you because that's why he made you a helpmate. <laughs> Let's start there. God is all about community. And the, the way we experience the presence of God or the way we experience the hand of God is by the people that he has put around us. So yeah, it feels good and it feels safe to be in my own little corner and I stay in my own little world and my own little universe and not involve anybody else, but you are missing out on the wealth of knowledge and the wealth of, um, you know, ideas that God has placed in other people. That's why he calls it the body of Christ. You and I are maybe the hand or the feet. I told somebody yesterday, I said, I don't even care if I'm, I'm the armpit in the, in the body of Christ. As long as I am work, working out and walking in the purpose that God has called me. Because Akilah, I'll tell you this, there's nothing more that scares me than missing my mark. I don't want to miss my mark. I want to position myself to be right in line or aligned with the purpose of God. I said, God, I'm like Moses. If you're not coming, I'm not going. I'm not going. You know, because there's so many different ways that I could be taking my company. I could do this. I can, you know, invite this person. I can go talk on this show. And I was like, hmm. But there if their principles and their values don't align with my own, what am I doing? Wow. You know what I mean? In part of us, it says, order my steps in your word, dear Lord, because we can yes. always plan. But at the end of the day, I, I, I learned something just the other day and it says, speed in the wrong direction is worse than going slow in the right direction. Thank you. 100%. <laughs> Yes. Yes. 
blessing and inviting God in every single step of the way because he knows whatever he says is yes and amen and he will never lead us astray we have that guarantee he's a covenant keeping he's capable and we don't have to worry about anything he has all the answers so why not exactly exactly talking about self and self-respect and how we develop that but i have self-respect how do i maintain that whilst allowing other persons to respect the boundaries because sometimes persons don't really respect the boundaries so how do i navigate that space in maintaining my self-respect without losing myself but also entertaining persons i want these relationships but the boundaries how do we establish Mm. Yeah, boundaries are so important in relationships. And that includes, you know, and when I say relationship, that includes in marriage, that includes all um, dynamic, all relationship dynamic. Um, And so for one, you got you and I have to be firm about our boundaries. This is what I'm going to tolerate. This is what I'm not going to tolerate. And when you uh, violate those boundaries, they need to be... um, how do I say this now? Um, there need to be strong consequences, right? Don't allow people to violate your boundaries and you do nothing about it. You know, because again, the only people that benefit from you not having, or the only people that have a problem with you not having boundaries are the ones that benefit when you don't have any. So keep that in mind going forward. So when you set your boundaries, especially if you have not done this before, are people always, oh, go to Akila, she'll do it. Don't worry about it. She'll stay after six o'clock. You know, oh, you can call her on Sunday. She'll leave church and come to work or, you know, just call her. You know, yeah, she's in the bed, but she'll answer her phone. When you first start setting those boundaries, when people are, because they're, you know, people, they know, they know who they can call and who they can, you know, um, you know, whose time they can, you know, infringe on. But when you first start setting those boundaries, you're going to get what's called pushback. There will always push back. What do you mean? What, what do you mean you can't show up after six? What do you mean you're, you're taking your vacation? Or what do you mean you, um, after six o'clock, you're turning your phone off? What is that about? So that's where the pushback and what you and I are responsible to do at that point is explain exactly what our boundaries are. I am starting to go in another direction with my life. I'm more aware of who I am. I'm not going to get burnt out to do the things that God has called me to do. And in doing so, this is necessary for me. And I thank you ahead of time for your understanding. You want to, cause you want to close with that. You want to close like you're nice about it, <laughs> you know? So once you say, once you make that statement, now that person have all the information they need to honor your boundary. See, the thing is, some of us are so afraid of losing, or we are so afraid again, going in with the scarcity mindset that if I say this, this person may, may take their funding or this person may not put me on air, or this person may never invite me to their show again. But guess what? If that's the case, you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And we gotta be okay with that. We gotta be okay with that. Our boundaries are built around our values our, um, 
you know, our, our, um, our convictions. And if you and I are constantly violating or allowing our boundaries to be violated, then what you and I are telling our, our, um, our peers and our colleagues is that those values and convictions aren't really there, you know, which that is supposed to be what makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. So every time somebody violates your boundary and you do nothing about it, they chip away at who you are as an individual. Five, 10 years down the road, you look in the mirror and wonder, how did I get here? Who I am? And what is it that was, what was the journey I was on in the first place? That is so true because purpose starts with having a firm foundation of yourself, knowing who you are, who you are, and some sense of where you are going because purpose is a journey. And yes. at, at purpose, touching the topic of purpose and relationships, in order, in order for us to foster healthy relationships, there are three concepts that I pulled from your page that speak mm -hmm. authenticity, two, change, and three, consistency. Can you break down? Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, please. All right. So um, the first one was authenticity. Going into the relationship, exactly who you are. <laughs> I am who I am. What you see right now is what you get. Um, now, for those of you watching, of course, you're meeting me for the very first time. So the next time you see me, I may not have makeup on and I might be dressed down a little bit. But my personality, it's the same. It's the same. You know, all of who I am will show up in the space or the spaces that you find me showing up. Right. Um, and so when when um when you and I deny our relationship that our authentic self, we're actually robbing our relationships because you and I are bringing, we're, we're bringing something so unique and so different to the relationship that nobody else is. Nobody else is you. Nobody else can be me. So if I'm watching other relationships and hoping to, to pull, um, you know, to pull, uh, to come do the comparison, because there's one thing to look and take examples, but it's another thing to want to copy. And that's important that we're not copying how other people do things. Yeah, there may be times when you don't have to reinvent the wheel. However, our personality should still show up in the space so that people are not confused by, you know, what we're seeing or what, you know, they're experiencing. Um, uh, the other one is, um, I'm sorry, what was the other two? <laughs> I love that change. change on consistency change and consistency yes of, um absolutely um of course consistency is the way the way you and i um not that we we okay so here's what i love about change and consistency because you know how we say um god never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever however as you stay in relationship with him you change that's the same way with our relationship. You know, you're in the relationship and the individual is not, we're not saying there's not change in the sense of who we are as individuals, but we are showing up consistently. One of the things I love about my husband is his consistency. I can say, 
if I say, babe, my flight lands at six o'clock, can you pick me up by 6.30? Well, at 6.29, I can look down the street and see him coming. If he's not gonna be there, I know there's a phone call that I missed or a text that I missed because I can count on him. When you talk about consistency in your relationship, your partner and the people that are around you, whatever the dynamic of your relationship is, they have to be able to count on you. Because if not, what exactly are you doing? Because relationships are, you know, as individuals, we are supporting each other. Now, as we talk about change, change in the sense of if there's anything that you and I are doing in our relationship that's causing hurt, harm, or uh, a lack of care, or allowing our, you know, our family and friends to feel unloved, we need to change that. We need to stop doing that. And you and I do not get to say, because we don't have a problem with it, that no, I don't see why it bothers you. You don't get to say that. No, you change the dynamic or your behavior because it's hurting the other person. Because if you have any kind of, any level of care, any level of love for the people in your relationship, you want to do the things that will bring, um, you know, that again, make them feel safe in the relationship. Absolutely. And I saw a clip earlier this week where it says, blood is not thicker than peace. And here the person was making reference to the family dynamics where persons believe that just because we're related, we have to stay in this relationship, but it's not adding value to me. It's not giving me peace. And before I can foster this relationship, I have to think about myself, how am I doing and the peace that I have right. this relationship is bringing to me. So at some point in time, if necessary, we need to either we work on it we make the change and develop that level of consistency or we need to part so person exactly struggle with that but it is a reality so we're mm -hmm. talking about relationship romantic relationships tell us what are some of the early signs that you should just run for the hills don't even <laughs> and wait just run just run tell us some of the signs <laughs> Okay. So, okay. So keep in mind that, um, the things that will make you run might not be the things that make me run. <laughs> okay. And so we, we need to know that going into our relationships. Okay. Um, but again, it goes back to your values and your convictions. Um, if you have healthy values, if you have healthy, um, you know, healthy convictions, if you have a healthy sense of self, you're already going into the relationship knowing what you want and what you're expecting, okay? We're not talking about, I want tall, dark, handsome, curly hair, light skin. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, we want somebody with good character. We want somebody that has a relationship with God so that you don't become the center of their world. They already have a their world centered, right? Um, you also know that when you're, when you're entering this relationship, it's not about what the person is bringing. It's about what this relationship is about to pour, what you are about to pour into this relation relationship and what it's about to pour into you. Okay. We have a, uh, one of the, I guess one of the challenges that I work with, um, uh, one segment of my clients are, you know, women that are, you know, high powered women that usually 
they make you know crazy command decisions at work but their relationships need need some work and one of the things i always tell them you have to decide on the type of relationship that you want and then settle for nothing less so you and i have, a, have an idea of the relationship that we want and the moment that doesn't look like the relationship you want then that's the time to run for the hills now obviously there are some things that are going to be blatant red flags for instance if you meet somebody that's struggling with an addiction some type of any type of substance addiction that is not for you because you cannot fix them that person need to want to be clean or want to stop using before you can even think about navigating a relationship secondly um someone that is um that have a poor relationship or have a poor outlook of those that they deem less than them for example the people in the service industry or you know they have um you know they 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 disrespect people you know like if you know you go out to dinner first of all the first date and they disrespect the server that should be a red flag for you right because i have actually talked to women that will tell me oh i know he's a horrible person but he's nice to me give it time sweetheart <laughs> give it time because who you are does come out in all aspects and all types of your relationship okay um so i would say those are the 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 major red flags um you know, depending on your attachment style, the way you receive love, the way you give love, all of those, um, you know, uh, different uh, avenues or different segments will kind of determine how you and I, you know, navigate the relationships that we find ourselves in. And also, should I run for the hills or should I hang out and kind of give it a chance? <laughs> Hi there, Purple Seekers. Thank you so much for joining us for part one of this riveting conversation. Stick and stay with us because part two, we have a lot more to uncover. All right, see you then.